0: Why is it that only when you're thinking of getting into a romantic relationship, do you begin asking yourself how you can put Jesus at the center of your life?
1: Maybe we should start definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. You are live. Let me Hello, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to our uh, weekly uh, chan- channel. <laughs> <laughs> weekly broadcast? Broadcast. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um. We are not credential ministers. Amen. And... We have just been uh, meeting together to answer some questions that other people have submitted to us on a Google form. Yes. And, you know, we hope that whatever we talk about here would spark your interest to go and find answers in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, even if it's not super clear in the Bible, maybe seek answers from like your college pastor or your pastor at your church to see, like, you know, how can we honor God in all the things that we do in our lives? So, yep.
0: Yes. Today, we are talking on the topic of romantic relationships. But before we get into that topic, we wanted to uh, hit on a question that's uh, part of the theme from last week. If you remember last week, we were talking about why is it important to go to church? Um... Especially when people feel called to academic excellence and they feel like they don't have time for church. Definitely go revisit that video. It's on YouTube. It's on our Facebook page. Um, But the the question that we wanted to hit on before we talked about romantic relationships, uh, it says, is it wrong to utilize servitude as a motivator to remain strong in faith? Uh, Like e.g. being in faith because you have a missions trip coming up or a retreat, etc. So basically. Is it wrong to use serving in the church as your motivation to stay strong in faith? What do you think, David? I mean, because both of us have served for quite a while, but I want to know your thoughts. Maybe you've you've thought that or, you know, what's your experience?
1: Yeah. Mm. I think when people start serving... That's yeah, and anyway, people always start with a very good intention, a very good heart to like honor the Lord, serve the church, serve others. And I think sometimes like when we get in the cycle of doing that, that's when we start um, almost detaching the reason why we serve mm-hmm. as to like I need to serve and I need to do this and I need to. And I think I've, I've definitely felt that way many times before. Like, oh, I just need to do it because I'm in this position, or I just need to do it because no one else could do it, or no one else will do it. Um, I think. Serving or utilizing serving just so that, or sorry, uh, I think maintaining your faith or putting in effort for your faith just because you're serving, I think misses a point of what even serving is, right? Mm. Uh, And I think it almost puts serving as something we ought to do in order to earn something or like be in this good standing with God or whatnot, you know? Or the
0: the only reason you can enjoy God. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, very good point. Yeah, and I think in that sense, I think it's wrong to utilize serving as a way to, um, as simply, you know, just using just the fact that you're serving to try to keep or maintain or stay strong in the faith. And I think sometimes serving is a very good accountability, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing that like, Oh, you know, especially if you're at say leading a ministry or you are in some part of leadership. I think there is a slight uh, call, uh, calling and an obligation, I think, that uh, we ought to hold ourselves to. But at the same time, it's not something that like we guilt ourselves into thinking, mm. you know, yeah. into thinking like, oh, because I'm serving, like I can't bring up, you know, my struggles with peers or uh, I can't share how i'm really doing or i need to always pretend i'm always good all the time yeah Yeah. and i think that's a misconception that it's very easy i think to you know and i think something i've also struggled with too to thinking like oh like i'm serving in these roles and i can't you know i I feel like i can't bring this to other people yeah um yeah
0: i think um serving is a a very vital part of the christian life in general i think something we, we kind of want to point out is like serving the church is not just for a few very excited or passionate people but every single member of the the church is a member of the body of christ so like every single wait wait wait, wait. it's backwards every single member of the body of christ meaning those who have been uh, who have placed their faith in Jesus for their salvation, who have been forgiven of their sins, turned into new creations by the grace of God. every single one of those is part must be part of a church and we are given explicit commands to build up the church right uh, each according to their, their gifts as given by the holy spirit and so there's some who are more gifted in teaching or in preaching some who are gifted in worship others who are gifted in the hospitality and like the welcoming and the relationships that they're able to build right Uh, some people are gifted financially and so they give to support the the churches and and its ongoing operations right like there's some people who go on missions and etc so basically there's not a single christian who's exempt from building up the church in whatever way that God has set for us. Now, going back to the original question, is it wrong to use serving as the basis for your faith, or as the basis for remaining devoted to God? Um, I think the short answer is yes. Um, I think what, what David was getting at was like, serving should not be all there is to your faith. It can't be all there is to your faith, because in the end, we are not serving because we are trying to maintain our salvation or trying to maintain our passion for god although serving can help with that like when you're invested in something like even for like a club um you are you tend to be more invested in the well-being of the club if you are an active member if you are in a leadership position or an officer or whatever right but then for our christian faith like our faith should not be contingent on whether or not we're serving or how well we're serving right Rather, our serving should be an expression of how well we're doing inside. Uh, and so that brings up the question, how can we maintain our faith? Uh, maybe even apart from serving, like if you don't have the opportunity to serve or you're not really sure how to serve, uh, serving should always come second. It, it should come as like a, a chronologically from first knowing God and being strong in your faith and then serving comes out of that because then when serving gets hard, like what are you going to fall
1: back to, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the question doesn't necessarily imply this, but I think, or doesn't necessarily explicitly say this, but I think it almost implies using serving as like almost a sole motivator, mm. you know, like or the main motivator. And I think, I think that's where we would disagree. I think it could be a motivator, yeah. And I think uh, there are many ways that being serving in the ministry, or whether it's officially or unofficially, I think there are many ways that that, I think, keeps us accountable, right? And and uh, challenges us and grows our faith, right? And there's a lot of learning, I think, that comes from serving. But at the same time, it shouldn't be the main nor the sole motivator yeah. of why we ought to remain strong in the faith.
0: I think one more thing I'd like to share. It's
1: like, I have
0: met, and I have been in this position, too. I've met a lot of uh, worship leaders, especially like youth, like in, in high school. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Don't worry. I've met a lot of worship leaders who have said something along the lines of, like, oh, like, like, it doesn't matter if I'm not really receiving from God. As long as they're worshiping, as long as they're doing okay in their faith, and like I'm here to help with that, then like I'm happy, you know? But I think that can be a pretty dangerous uh, attitude. Also, a very, um, if you think about it, it's, it's quite an arrogant sort of attitude like oh i don't need to receive from god i'm just here to give i'm just here to to make sure other people can receive from god or, or worship god or be in love with him but i've seen those same worship leaders burn out so hard because they they begin to feel like it's just a job or like it's just an obligation and, and serving loses its joy you know like uh uh hyam and i actually heard from a a, a pastor's wife recently is something that really stuck with both of us it's like church is not all about receiving but you should always be receiving uh in the sense that like church isn't just uh you shouldn't be coming to church as a purely a consumer just coming to quote unquote get fed or like what can i learn today you know like that's a good attitude to have like you come hungry for the word you come hungry for god's love but you're also serving at the same time there's a ditch on both sides where you can't just serve and expect to go long or go far without being fed day by day, uh, walking with God in his word and being reminded of who this God is. Uh, in fact, the best way to stay strong in your serving is to build your faith, Right? is to first know who god is according to his word and there are plenty of pastors and teachers out there like online you know that you can look to to grow in your understanding of god and your amazement at god and then that translates into joyful serving or worship or teaching or missions or whatever yeah so flip the dynamic it's not like you serve so that your faith can be strong it's you grow your faith and your serving will be fruitful John 15 Abide in Jesus uh, and you'll bear much fruit apart from Jesus you can't do anything so if you're not individually abiding in Christ then your fruit the your ministry your serving will ultimately be fruitless and very frustrated
1: yes Amen Amen
0: Should we talk about what everyone came for? <laughs> All right, let's do it. We got three questions regarding romantic relationships. Ooh, I see the viewers (laughs) jumping. Bring your friends. Tag somebody who needs to hear this. We're talking (laughs) about romantic relationships. Amen. All right, so um, we can just read them because they're all very related to each other. The first one's a little long. It says, I'm considering pursuing a serious romantic relationship with someone. I want to be intentional. What does it mean to keep a Christ-centered relationship? And then they go on to elaborate. I can see how we can pray together, encourage one another, worship, and possibly read the Bible together in the future. And it's kind of funny to me. But application-wise, what does it mean to have God at the center? Help a homie out. All right, that's why we're here. And the second one, you want to read that? Or you want to read the next two?
1: Yeah. Uh, The second question says, should church people date despite having a big chance of getting distracted, etc.? (laughs) (laughs) and And then the last question says how do you pursue a relationship oh sorry how how do you pursue a relationship that's honoring to God amen so
0: it seems like uh, I think maybe we could take that second question first it's like should church people date and then the follow-up to that is if you do date what what should it look like what does it mean because we always say like have a Christ-centered relationship or honor God or things like that but what does that practically look like So, uh... I don't know, David. Do you think church people should date? No? Alright, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm dating. (laughs) Uh, By church people... (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean, um... Like... Christian Of of all ages? Oh. (laughs) Oh. You know? Yeah. I think, um... Just because most of our audience is probably college students or even high school students, um, that's probably what you're thinking of. Like, should should like younger people date while attending a church, um, despite having a high chance of getting distracted? I mean, yeah, like you can be distracted by anything, by any any other commitment that you add to your life, right? Like. Uh, should I join a club yeah. despite having a chance, you get a chance, of, chance of getting distract sex Should I go to college? You should, probably should, unless called otherwise, you know? Um, I, think, I think maybe we could focus in on the second thing first, actually. Like, what does it look like for it to be Christ-centered? Mm. And then we can loop back, you know? Should yeah. you then date? Um, I think kind of a disclaimer, uh, or actually for some context, uh, David is currently not dating. I am currently dating. Um, but through the last couple years here in college, both of us have had a chance to kind of have conversations about dating and uh, talk with older people, get a lot of counsel and advice. Uh, I've learned uh, a lot, thankfully, by God's grace, in the relationship that I've had so far. Um, and what you find when you start asking about dating is that there's actually no like, explicit Bible verse regarding dating. Dating, because dating is kind of a foreign concept to the biblical authors. Like uh, back then, it was just it's just marriage, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's no verse in the Bible that says thou shalt not date until 21 or until you graduate college. You know, not everyone goes to college. Uh, but rather, what we're hoping to present is like, what are some principles of wisdom that are explicit in the Bible that hopefully can help. Steer you in the right direction when making a decision about whether or not to date and it when you are dating How do you actually honor God through that so? uh, Always whenever there's ambiguity in scripture like whenever scripture seems to be unclear about a specific question You start from what is certain and then you work your way from there Um, Yes So Dav, what do you think it means? that keep a Christ-centered relationship? Or, yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Deep question.
0: I think a very simple thing right from the start is if God is not at the center of your individual life, and, uh, at the center of your significant other's individual life, then there's little to no chance that God will be at the center of your life together. That's a, yeah, it, it just makes sense. You know, Like if, if God is not your primary priority, if God is not her or his primary priority, then when you put two sinners together, like... <laughs> Like, what, what makes you think you'll suddenly prioritize God when now you have this other person in your life that you want to give your headspace and your time and your money to? Um, it's just not going to happen, right? So I think a lot of times people, when they're asking the question, like, am I ready to date? How do I know I'm ready to date? I think uh, a lot of people kind of give the answer. Oh, are you ready to get married? But I don't think that's a very helpful answer I think there there's a, a kind of there is a kind of wisdom to it because like the idea is like you wouldn't want to just date just to date like just to enjoy somebody's company and like with like no clear or with even without a, a basic framework of the future or an intention to work towards clarity in marriage. Um but you know marriage readiness for marriage can also be an ambiguous concept too that's different for everybody. I think a much more helpful, and much more honest and deep cutting question to ask yourself rather than saying, am I getting ready or am I ready to date? The question to ask is not am I ready to get married is what does the gospel mean to me? What does the gospel mean to me? Because if the gospel meaning the story of salvation in Christ Jesus and the implications of the gospel meaning living a life that seeks to build the kingdom of God and honor God in every aspect of your life, if that gospel is not at the center of your life, if it is not your primary goal and priority, if it is not the motivation that drives you in your work, in your friendships, uh, in your studies, whatever it might be, right? Then you will inevitably lead somebody away from that calling. And if it's not there for them either, then they'll lead you away from your calling. Uh, so asking yourself what does the gospel mean to me if the gospel if I don't treasure the gospel then there is no chance I'm going to actually build this relationship on the gospel I'm just going to build it on my affection for this other person from a human standpoint
1: yeah which is very fleeting yes right very weak yeah amen Hmm. I think it it's not only applicable to like a romantic relationship, well, I think even like friendships too, right? And I think oh, very often, in church settings and church groups and church fellowships, always talk about like Christ-centered community or, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with pursuing that. I think like what you just said, like if we are not treasuring the gospel first, right, and thinking about what that gospel means, then all our friendship will be just based upon similar interests, right? Yeah. Or. Hobbies or similarities, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where, like, and when different trials and difficulties come, that's when, you know, the the friendship really gets tested, right? And see, and we get to see whether it's really built on um, something much deeper and greater, right? Whether it's built on the gospel or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like. When people ask, how can my relationship be Christ-centered? They are often asking for, what are things we can do to make it Christ-centered? Um, it's an important question to ask. We could get into, like, what are some practical things you guys can do? Like, maybe you can, like, set aside time to pray together. Or ask each other how you're doing spiritually. Or, or
1: possibly, we possibly read together. the
0: Bible together. Highly recommended, you know? Um, but at the end of the day it's like why is it that only when you're thinking of getting into a romantic relationship do you begin asking yourself how you can put Jesus at the center of your life i don't know who that's for but someone out there just got mad convicted maybe preach <laughs> so so i mean like this this isn't again like this isn't to like judge you or to make you make anybody feel like I guess I'm going to die single. No, it's nothing like that. You know, like, nobody desires Christ perfectly. Like, I don't. David doesn't, you know? David definitely doesn't. <laughs> Just kidding. Like, oh, no, yes. no, Nobody desires Christ perfectly. But at the same time, like, we need to test our affections. Like, it does. does Jesus really matter to me in my day-to-day life? And even when I look at this other person, what is it that draws my heart to them? Is it Christ in them? Is it the possibility or like the, the prospect of seeking God's kingdom together, or is it purely their interests and their personality or their physical appearance? Like physical appearance, physical attraction is an important thing, you know, um, but it, it's not the only thing. It, and everyone gets old and ugly and gray and wrinkly, and you know when that's gone or when the personality changes or when their interests change or when you have kids or when you have a mortgage and when you're stressed at your job you know like in the end what is it that your relationship's going to be built on from the start uh what are you going to default to it can't just be your individual affections or emotions you know it's got to be the gospel yeah
1: yeah and i think I think on one hand, like, we acknowledge that there are things that, when practically played out, might look different, right, per relationship, but I think there are also things that, like, I I don't want to say it's a rule, but I want to say are, like, so helpful and so, like, I I would almost think, like, fundamental, Mm. right, you know, things like, sharing about your faith, right? Because, you know, I think w- I can see how one would say, like, oh, my relationship with this person, it just looks different, you know? Mm. But we're keeping God in the center, you know? But I think there are some things that are just, you know, uh, you, you kind of get what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't want to say it's a rule and everyone must, like, every time you meet up or, like, have a meal together, you guys always have to talk about your struggles, you know? Yeah. I don't like, say that, but at the same time, like, I think there are things that are helpful yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah i'm with you there
1: and like even you know i think things that we should be doing on our by ourselves right like uh, i think it applies to like how we have a relationship with god personally too right it's like not everybody is called to be reading 10 chapters of the bible every single day you know yeah. although if you do that that's great right <laughs> and it's awesome but at the same time, like that doesn't mean that one can say like, oh, my relationship with God just looks different, you know? Like, I, I'm not reading the Bible, you know? Like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I think um, to go a little bit more into practical though, like if you are in a dating relationship or maybe you're just thinking of a dating relationship, what could it look like? I think something that really, I mean, yeah, they're like, they're like, Obvious things like, yeah, like set aside time to pray together. Like Kyle and I, we try to set aside about an hour every week to just go through shared prayer requests and pray together. And that's like a really precious time for us to kind of like set aside everything else and seek God together uh, and really depend on God together. And that's something that really helps us seek God. Um, and I think another very crucial one uh, is forgiveness. I think in... Forgiving your significant other or forgiving anyone we get a portrait of the gospel, right? Like when somebody is undeserving of kindness or reconciliation or undeserving of even like you staying Or if you feel like you don't deserve To have this other person stay by your side and yet they can come around and say like because of the gospel because Because Christ has made you a new creation I know that this sin or this mistake that you've done is not all that you are And when I see you, I see the new creation that Jesus has made you to be, you know, like there have been moments in my relationship where like we did uh, really hurt or fail each other, but then because we're able to constantly come back to God, uh, repent together, like confess our sin together before God, or look at each other and say like, because of what Jesus has done in your life, I want to forgive you and I'm staying. Um, It gives a much different basis for the steadfastness of your love for that person. It's not just I'm staying because I got nobody else, you know, or like I'm staying because, you know, you're so attractive to me right now because, you know, the the truth of the matter is like the other person's not always going to be particularly likable or lovable. And so, by loving them in those moments when they're least lovable, you get a picture and a reminder of the way that God loves you. Right? The way that God loves you when we were still enemies. Oh no, poor
1: connection. Huh.
0: Hmm. It's the devil. It's the prince of the power of the
1: air. Well, they got the debt.
0: You want to try uh, the Nest 5G? It's the same password. My duty. Yes,
1: Number two. <laughs>
0: it's
1: the enemy. It is Oh my hot spot. I, I I just I just I yeah. right
0: Come on, boy. go press the going. <laughs>
1: Well, they get to see everything that we're talking about here. Blue first at the end. (laughs) Blue first? Oh man, it's not connecting. What happens if you uh,
0: refresh? Should
1: I? It
0: it doesn't end the live video, does it? I don't
1: know. It doesn't let me refresh. Oh man. Oh. Should I try it? I don't know. What if you just have to start a new video?
0: Yeah, that's scary.
1: What huh? if this one never loads? <gasps> Seems like we're still alive, right?
0: I don't see you guys. It's not playing. Bro. This is live. Where are we live, though? It does say live, but it's not. live video facebook
1: Post another. Yeah, you want to just restart alive? Yeah.
0: We lost episode five, part two.
1: Yeah. Oh, hello.
0: Are people back on? Yeah. I see it. Okay. All right,
1: let's
0: try this again.
1: Hello. Sorry for our technical difficulties. Uh, Berkeley is experiencing very high winds or it's the enemy the prince of the power of the air Awesome
0: Yes, so what I was saying is like forgiveness is a very very practical way Um, Forgiveness is a very practical way to demonstrate the gospel to your significant other especially in moments of failure or in hurt In conflict like again but i but again that cannot like that won't be your default in a moment of crisis or stress unless it is already deep in your heart does that kind of make sense like the way that you respond in crisis brings out the real you and if the real you is not one that has been growing in love with jesus daily as an individual uh, then in that moment of crisis with another sinner you won't default back to the gospel Um, and so the basic TLDR of like how can you ensure you have a Christ-centered relationship is to make sure you first have a Christ-centered life Um, like all of your idolatry and sinfulness is multiplied by two whenever you get into a relationship like Like, you thought you didn't have time for church things or to read the Bible or to pray when you were single? Like, bro, let me tell you, dating takes up a lot of time, you know? Being in a committed relationship with somebody takes a lot of time. Or you thought that you struggled with physical temptation when you were single? Like, your significant other struggles with lust too. doesn't matter what gender they are. Like, you're only going to feed each other's sin. And so if you are unable to fight your sin as as a single, uh then it's that much more difficult when you're in a relationship. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more we could touch on. It's right, God. I think another practical thing to do is don't keep the relationship to yourself like that that doesn't mean you share everything that is going on like to the point of gossip uh, where you're like just only sharing like the negative things about your significant other to your friends that's not at all what we're saying but rather like as a church community uh, people are here to walk alongside you to give you wisdom and to uh, to help ensure that you're walking in holiness and godliness together right like even like when you look at the end of it at uh, like the the one very major purpose of dating is clarity for marriage And when you actually get to marriage what's the picture of marriage that's portrayed in the bible like ephesians 5 that the the marriage itself is supposed to be a testament of the power of the gospel and the love of christ for his church so in that way like even your marriage is not meant to be like an isolated like bunch of sleepovers that you have with somebody that you really like you know it's like your marriage is supposed to be something that blesses the people around you by serving as a picture, a tangible portrait of the gospel. Um, and, and so, yeah, like if, if you are at a point where you're considering pursuing a serious romantic relationship, but you haven't talked to any brothers or sisters that you trust about it, if it's because you don't have brothers and sisters that you trust and can depend on, that in itself is a red flag. Because that means that you, even when you get into the relationship, you won't have the support you need to walk in godliness with this other person, with the extra temptation of being in the relationship itself. So I guess a few things to draw from that. Make sure that you have accountability, that you're going into the relationship with people you can trust and depend on. And to get the wisdom from the older people around you. Uh, Get people praying for you. Because being in a relationship is not an easy thing. Uh, And I was going to say one more honoring to God yeah don't hide don't hide your relationship if you feel like there's a reason to hide it that means there's probably something wrong uh, that you know deep down is not honoring to God and that's something that you need to confront before it gets any deeper in your soul
1: yeah I think another helpful tip i think is to like i think like yeah i think you kind of mentioned this too but i think like receive counsel from older people too Mm -hmm. you know whether it be like your pastor or like you know older people that either are married or are have been in a relationship for some time or even if they haven't been in a relationship like to receive counsel and advice and you know it's like there's only so much we can say in a 35 minute video (laughs) and like you know we don't know your circumstance Mm -hmm. or you know yeah. who you are even right but i think you know find someone that you trust that you know would give you advice that's on- god honoring mm-hmm. right and like you know as you are whether it's developing accountability with brothers around you or you know finding a disciple or mentor who can like better give you counsel and like walk with you through this and like in, in establishing a god honoring relationship i think that would be another practical tip
0: yeah I think one last word or one more word I'd like to say about, um, like the question, can I date a non-Christian, um, comes up pretty often. I think, mm, it's a very delicate kind of topic just because a lot of people like feel like, oh, but if I like date them, maybe they can start coming at the church and maybe I can show them God and things like that. And I think to that I would say it's a very risky, I think very foolish, very foolish kind of decision that you could make. Just because if you think about it, even when we are saved, our hearts are naturally inclined towards sin. Still. Uh, because we are still battling our flesh and we are not yet sinless before God. Uh, or wait, we are counted perfectly righteous before God, but we are not yet perfectly incapable of sinning because we have not yet been fully glorified and restored. So because our hearts are still inclined towards temptation, but for them, a non-Christian, their heart is not at all naturally inclined to God because they're still dead in their sin. And so you put that together, who do you think is going to win out in terms of influence, right? If they are not inclined to God but are inclined to sin, and you are inclined to God but still inclined to sin, then it's going to go towards sin and it's going to be that much harder for you to actually be an effective witness to this individual. Um, And so that's why we would say it is generally unwise to date a non-Christian and to also ask yourself, what is it in this person that really draws me to them? What is it about this person that makes me want to commit to them? Because if they're not a believer or not a follower of Jesus, then what you are drawn to is not Christ in them because Christ is not. And if it's not christ in them then there must be something else in this person that is drawing your heart and that is something that that can be very dangerous right so in general it is wiser to not date a non-christian just because of how it can lead very easily into temptation and into sin and how much harder it can be for even that significant other to see the gospel rightly because all they see is a Christian who's compromising her faith to be with somebody he or she feels very emotionally attached to. And and that's, like, a, a, a blunt way to put it, but that's kind of, like, yeah, that, that's a, or kind of how we see it.
1: And I think there's also, like, a slight sense of, like, arrogance or pride in thinking that, like, oh, I'm just going to bring them to church and they're going to meet God, mm. you know? Or, like, I'm going to live my life so well that they will see God, you know? And I think, and I'm sure there are, like, stories of th- those kind of instances happening. And I think that's, you know, praise God for that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, like what Joseph mentioned, it's generally unwise. And I think more often than not, it leads to, like, you, you know, the believer being either drawn away or, or, you know being distracted or you know led in areas or in down paths that don't really honor the honor God yeah, yeah. if your significant significant others desire isn't to honor the Lord then there's already a clash right there yeah you know And like whether it's in terms of like one's morality or priority um, right, there's already a, how to raise a family yeah yeah so i think um
0: the but i think another thing that we kind of want to mention here is like there is no okay like no matter what kind of decisions you may have made in the past or what kind of situation you're in right now it is not too late to look to god uh, mm-hmm. like if you've been in a relationship where you felt you had to comp you you compromised your faith or your beliefs or even your purity in that relationship and you feel really, you carry a lot of guilt or shame and, and you feel dirty before God because of that or maybe you're in a relationship right now and you feel yourself kind of slipping away or you know, like, or you've, you've made bad decisions in the past with your significant other like, there is full forgiveness in Christ Jesus and I think one thing that's really heartbreaking to see is when people emerge from unhealthy relationships or relationships that maybe Started with good intentions, but ended up leading both people into a really dark place like Because of that experience that they feel like they can't come back to God that they've somehow betrayed him And there's no way he could possibly accept them again. That is simply not true Um, There is full forgiveness full cleansing full restoration to be found in what Jesus has done on the cross his love for you does not change. It does not fade or or uh, falter just because of what we've done. Because it wasn't his love wasn't given to us because of what we did in the first place, right? Um, and so that's that's another very important way that we can center our relationships on the gospel. Is even when we fail in our relationships, or when a relationship fails us, or even when we've been radically sinned against. By someone that we trusted that we can find full restoration and forgiveness in jesus um because he is ultimately the one that we were made for that we find absolute fulfillment and and love in so yes there's hope even if you've made bad decisions in the past or you're making a bad decision right now uh humble yourself before god and receive his forgiveness
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good place to end?
0: No. Yeah. Nice. Wait, wait.
1: What?
0: Oh, you didn't end it, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Nice>. So, uh, <coughs> if uh, again, like, uh, this is like weekly thing. 4pm, PST, Thursdays, we're on YouTube, smash that subscribe button, Uh, leave a comment, Uh, submit more questions,
1: we'll try to get to them, and uh, yeah, anything else? Nope, yeah, submit more questions,
0: okay bye.